episode 98 of the biz talk with bill roy podcast this podcast was created because we want to provide you with some insight into the people places companies organizations and issues that are important to wichita's business community michael Monteferrati runs envision in wichita it's actually several companies under the envision umbrella this year he's taken some time to devote to the wichita regional chamber of commerce he is this year's chamber chairman Michael has a vision for what he wants to do this year in charge. He has already led a delegation to his hometown on a city-to-city trip, Boise, Idaho. Michael was also my guest for episode 53, talking specifically about Envision. Welcome back. Good to be back, Thanks Bill. for being here. Thanks for having me. My discussion with Michael in a moment. First, a look at what's in your weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. The big story, a detailed look at the topics and leaders at our Employer Summit. 150 people attended to hear leaders such as Michael, Sherry Utash, Mary Beth Jarvis, Shelley Pritchard, Janetta Everett, and Jennifer Johnson. They discussed finding talent, community, and technology. Great discussions, and we provide you with all of it this week. Our coverage begins on page 16. Also this week, our feature on Wichita as a great place to start a business. We hear about the experience of Jessica Oberwortman. She started her own marketing business called JF Marketing and Branding. Our top 25 list, Wichita Area Specialty Hospitals, list is smaller than it used to be. That's on page 6. This week, we spend 10 minutes with Magda Bersiaga. She owns Senior Munchies. It's about to open in Janelle King's new space at the garage at Cleveland Corner. We have business leads for you, and they may help you land some new business. Who's setting up a new corporation? Who owes back taxes? New real estate deals, building permits, court judgments. We collect it so you can use it. Starts this week on page 32. Michael Modafferani, coming up. Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Michael, welcome again. Glad you're here. Tell me about why you agreed to lead the chamber as chairman for a full year. Not busy enough, not not enough to do over there at Envision and running everything going on over there. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> uh, we have a lot going on uh, at Envision. But the opportunity to lead the chamber, you know, I've been involved with the chamber for uh, over 15 years here in the area. And I really think it right now, it's a transformational time in Wichita. There's a, a host of critical uh, situations and opportunities coming on in our city and in our region. And I was blessed with the opportunity to be asked uh, a couple of years ago. It's a couple of years type of situation. You come in as, you know, the second vice chair, the first vice chair, and then eventually the, uh, the chamber. And then on your way out, you stay engaged also. So it's really about a three or four year commitment and um and it was just a it was the perfect time uh to be bold and to to work with the board of directors work with the the ceo of the chamber and and help a lending hand in terms of the continued transformation of the wichita region lots going on obviously what are your goals for your term i know you had a lot of time to think about that yeah we have and and it's very difficult. You've got a one-year chairmanship, right? right? And and certainly my goal was, how can I have an impact in one year? And um, we have a board of 50 people, of which John Eck from the Business Journal is on there uh, with us. Very happy to have him on our board, by the way. 
And um, so I focused on four strategic priorities that, that we agreed as a group that we feel we could have an impact on. One is talent, uh, both the recruitment and retention of talent. Huge other, issue. Yeah, absolutely, talk. right? Absolutely, without a doubt, in multiple ways. Right. Uh, diversity and inclusion and, um, you know, the expanded platform of what diversity and inclusion is really all about and, and how it comes into play. Uh, small business. You know, I think sometimes small businesses are overlooked, and this year is a focus on the small business, which is over 80% of the um, 1,800 members that we have are small businesses, and quality of place. I think quality of place, from a business perspective, is becoming more and more important because it's all tied back into that talent retention right. s- standpoint, and how Wichita is evolving is becoming more and more attractive to young people in the business arena, and it takes that kind of progressive progression to retain them and for them when they graduate from local schools and regional schools that they want to stay talk about that multiplier you guys were at the uh, uh, chairman lunch uh, and you talked about the multiplier effect talk about that a little bit yeah the, the multiplier effect is is focused on how individuals and their processes can basically multiply more than who they are individually and the effect that the approach to multipliers can have on other people to where you have a host of people multiplying a focused situation to make a more efficient and productive environment. And on the contrary, uh, there's individuals like um, accidental diminishers, as they call them, but basically diminishers that have a slowdown or stoppage on that same effect. And it kind of goes through the, the scenarios and personalities and situations of where multipliers can have an impact and diminishers can have maybe a negative effect uh, on a progressive situation. You can so choose you wanna, to be on the good side or the bad yeah, side. So you want to mitigate the accidental diminishers. Right. Talk about that trip to Boise. How'd that go? Oh, wow. Um, it went great. Uh, I've been on multiple city-to-city trips through the chamber. And the great thing about Boise is is there's so many parallels to Wichita. Um, and that's what I liked about the trip to begin with. We had 70 people from Wichita attend that trip. They came out a smashing success due to the fact that uh, the folks that were there could see the transformation of a town that is a similar size, a town that has a river, a town that has a great university that uh, you know a majority of the people go to in that community, and how the city and the universities work hand in hand, where the city doesn't talk about the city without mentioning the university, mm-hmm. and the university doesn't uh, platform themselves without talking about the great city of Boise. And what they've done in terms of shutting down streets and building cobblestone areas, similar to where this area we are right now in mm-hmm, Old Town, mm-hmm. and building new buildings and progressive computer science situations, where right now a fascinating stat that Boise State put out in, in one of our meetings was 88% of all computer science majors in Boise, Idaho stay. That's huge. It's a, it was a great statistic, and there was a lot of gaps from the audience, and it's exactly what we're trying to do here in Wichita. And and plus all the entertainment venues, the breweries, similar to the things that Wichita have going on, a ton of parallels. So people actually left there saying, wow, it can be done. And this all happened in a span of about 12 years. Those folks who stayed, that 88% who stayed in Boise, obviously they had somewhere to go, and we're still working on that, right? That's right. Give me the pitch. Uh, I'm a small business owner in Wichita. 
why do I want to join the chamber? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. In fact, we're doing the pitch right now. Right, we're going through a, a major uh, focus on increasing the membership at the chamber, and hopefully by the end of this week, we'll have an impact with over 240 new members. And so we're in the midst of that right now in terms of uh, this week, and uh, basically uh, joining the chamber is all about the the community and having an impact in the community of the four areas that we talked about that I think most Wichita's and most business owners need to have. They need to progress the the economic viability of which they're working in, which means more business development, more people buying their products, more creativity in the community, right. and and a focus on uh, making Wichita the best place it can be. And in addition to working with the legislature up in Topeka and the local uh, city and uh, county government to get aligned. And so what the, the chamber can be to you as a small business and to the largest business is be a common source of alignment in terms of what's best for business in our region. We talked about that at the summit and the panel that you were on, how important it is to speak with one voice and be aligned as a regional chamber, as a regional organization, uh, a region that needs to grow. Uh, And you talked about that alignment and and unity. It really is important, isn't it? The power of alignment and the power of unity is critical to success. The biggest challenge we face, we talked about it, talent. We have jobs we need to fill. A lot of business owners say, I'm ready to grow. I just don't have the talent. How do we help them? How do we help them get those folks on board and and, uh, get them to a place where they can grow and they can expand? Well, we're playing catch up, right? right? So we're reacting to a situation that's been looming large for years. And uh, when you have a, a region like ours that's very focused on one or two dimensions of, of core business that the economy kind of feeds on, you have to have that foresight and knowledge to nurture that in advance. So it's always feeding you know, that pipeline of situations. And, uh, and the community needs to advance in parallel to that. And so I think what Wichita found themselves in is reacting now to where you're having a problem retaining talent. Uh, Kids are graduating from college and deciding to move on versus staying around. And then when you have technology, like let's use the aerospace industry for an example, in terms of how fast that technology has been evolving, whereas before it was sort of static. Right. And all of a sudden now, um, you know, with with technology uh, advancing as fast as it is, it's evolved. And we found ourselves a little bit short, you know, on, on key talent. And you're seeing uh, individuals that are aging out uh, in the workforce, and they didn't come back in and get trained and, and keep that pipeline full. And uh, thank goodness for some of the incredible things that are going on right now uh, with the Innovation Center, what's going on with the various universities and community colleges that are coming in to collaborate uh, in terms of workforce development to get their students and get that next generation and workforce ready. But it's a reactive situation. 
um, and it takes investment to get that thing started. And uh, but I do see the turn in Wichita, and there's evidence of it certainly in the aerospace industry where uh, we're getting it together, and you're starting to see the numbers and hopefully rapidly fill some of the holes that we have. Envision, uh, you run manufacturing operations uh, under the umbrella of Envision. Do you have trouble finding talent? I know a lot of your workforce is blind and visually impaired. Do you have issues trying to find talent to your place? Yeah, fortunately, in terms of Envision, we do not. Right. Uh, we, we keep a full pipeline of individuals. We have people right now working at in our manufacturing group at Envision from 23 different states. Wow. So we, we're fortunate to have a draw where it's a great place to work, a good career, uh, you know, a good retirement opportunity that we chip into to where folks uh, come from out of the state. And we have two active recruiters that do that full time. And so we have a, always have a full in a pipeline of about a dozen people ready to go at any given time that have already done work trials. Right. Where we bring them in, they do a two week work trial. We like them, they like us, and they say, okay, when an opportunity comes up, you'll be the first in line. And we keep that pipeline full and don't let it get depleted. So we're always ready. So when people decide to move on, uh, people retire and so forth, we've already got people coming right behind it. And we brought that same philosophy to the Dallas area in terms of Lighthouse for the Blind. There. Talk about that. That's an acquisition that. Uh uh, was done a little while ago. Talk yes. about that acquisition. That's a big one for you. Guys. Yeah, it was a big one for us, and it still is a big one for us. Um, this is an operation in Dallas. It's called the Dallas Lighthouse for the Blind. It's been in business for almost 90 years, so it's actually older than Envision. And we started up in 1933 here in Wichita, and um, and it was a top flight blind operation at one time doing manufacturing of various things and um and over time uh the operation just kind of uh went downhill and um people were line people were being laid off and so forth and we saw a need um we got to know the executive team down there got to know their board and uh, everyone was aligned that it would be in Dallas's best interest if they merged with Envision to where we could pump back in some some key capital, uh, some key machinery, and bring them back and then even forward to where they were. How many months ago was that? Uh, May, May 1st will be our one-year anniversary, one so year. about 11 months ago. And uh, it went from now a fiscally losing operation to where finally in January this year we, we, we turned it profitable again. Um, magic Markers is their big deal. One of the largest producers of Magic Markers wow. uh, for the federal government. Uh, to the tune of about 15 million a year wow. so it's a lot of magic markers down there and <laughs> we looked at the tooling and and we've got the operation back on track it's also got sewing it's got injection molding so very different things that we do here in wichita which gives all of our employees an opportunity for um you know an expandable opportunity yeah. in terms of their career there was some synergy there obviously between certainly the two was organizations beyond the obvious so uh we have some big decisions coming up uh, let me name a few of them and give me your thoughts. First, we've been talking about it quite a bit, the convention center. What do you think uh, What do you think should happen on the convention center side? It sounds like uh, there's a sense of urgency there. 
there absolutely is a sense of urgency in regarding the convention center. And I think that there's been a ton of information that's been shared with our community. There was a uh, article here I just read within the last couple of days that we were passed over for another great opportunity in our town where both the convention center and the performing arts centers in terms of the newest and greatest things that are going on are just not sized right. The technology is not quite current enough and so forth. And so it needs to be redone completely in the performing arts situation and the the uh, century two you know committee that was formed made a presentation to the chamber and the chamber overwhelmingly endorsed the recommendations and the findings of century two on the performing arts side so on the um Convention center side, uh, the chamber feels the same way in terms of the absolute need for a, a convention center that meets today's requirements in terms of uh, areas and associations that want to put on a convention and the needs that they have that is falling short in terms of what we currently have. And so the chamber, again, has overwhelmingly supported the need now for a convention center that works for uh, you know today's modeling. Right. But what we're also in complete support of is more of a master plan. So rather than begin to do each of these situations individually and by piecemeal, it's critical that the heart of the city in regards to what we'll call the East Bank right. and the baseball park and that other stuff is on the West Bank. So as we migrate towards the East Bank, that there is a master plan put together that includes key things like a convention center, the performing arts center, whatever the decision is going to be on Century 2, and even some of the surrounding blocks to where there's a great format that it can support infrastructurally you know, thousands of people to come in from a convention. That includes hotels and so forth. So there needs to be a very strong master plan put together by a collaborative effort of various stakeholders from the city versus one faction saying, this is what we're going to do. Right. Are you optimistic that Wichita can take that bold action uh, that not only satisfies the needs of 2019, 2020, but also 10, 20, 30 years down the road uh, to develop a plan that really takes us into the future rather than just for immediate needs. Yes, I'm, I'm very optimistic that, that this will happen. I think there's a, a firm resolution that we have no choice that this must take place. Otherwise, it's going to affect us for generations to come in terms of a potential setback in our region. Because you, when you look around the regions of, of the greater Wichita area right now, you'll see many of these things have already been done. And so once again, we're reacting. And so um, I do believe that there's a sense of collaborative spirit. I do believe that there's a sense of a need for better transparency in regards to this process. And the plan will be created, laid out, and I'm hoping that the general public will view this as a transparent and collaborative master plan and then support it for the future of our children our future of our retained workforce, and our future of a vibrant community. You brought up transparency at the summit as well. You, you made sure to make that point. That must be pretty important to you. It's not only important to me, but I think it's important to our community as a whole. 
Uh, I'm, uh, you know, in it, in this word transparency is, is, is one that's used a lot, but I think that, uh, we've got some great plans going on over at the West bank that created a lot of controversy. And I think one of the reasons it was controversial was not that people necessarily didn't want the progress on the West bank that's about to happen and was voted on accordingly. But if we could have had a little bit more information earlier and timely, there would have been a lot better of an understanding and that word alignment with the community uh, in order to not create such a big fuss in terms of what it was. And so to prevent that going forward, it's critical that we, that it's modified going forward. And I think it will be long days as chairman of the chamber. It's a, um, it's, it's not necessarily a longer day, but what it is, is it's a, it's a lesson in time management. <laughs> so I'm finding myself a, a, a lot more focused in terms of time management. So the days don't get unnecessarily long and just continue to focus on time management. And that goes a long way. We had to reschedule this uh, interview because of some things that I had to deal with up yep. in Kansas city. So I appreciate your patience. Thanks for being here. Michael Monteferrati is the chair of the Regional Chamber of Commerce and also CEO at Envision. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are a favorite of ours, so we created our own little series called Napkin Stories. Visit equitybank.com to see how some great businesses got their start. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 98. My thanks once again to Michael Monteferrati. Check out all our episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, Brad Elliott and the folks at Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.